everyone, and welcome to Aval Cafe. My name is Brian Hostler, founder of Strong Roots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. I'm joined as always by my co-host. Hi everyone, I'm Carolyn Kamen, an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC, coming to you from unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations territory. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, longtime practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. Okay, here's my challenge to us. At some point, we actually memorize the intro so that we're not reading it off our shared Google Doc every single <laughs> is time. Is this the... Uh... We're 30 episodes in. We should, know, we should know the intro script by now. We should, yes. Um, I do recall a couple of, uh, of mm, futzes with it, I think, uh, over this past year in 2019. So we might need to do a little bit of work on it. But I think, uh, yeah, it's, that that's, uh, sounds like a good goal for 2020. I like the cold, the cold start mm-hmm. here on this, on this episode, by the way. Like, no, like, hey, listeners, no, nothing yeah. like that. I was just like, let's just start talking about the topic. <laughs> Jump right <laughs> exactly. into it. Hi, listeners. <laughs> we're, we're experimenting with new formats for 2020, apparently. I wasn't told about this in advance. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to contextualize this, this is, uh, we're, I, we're recording this on a, is it a, it's a Saturday afternoon. Uh, it's been a long week. Vancouver got a lot of snow dropped on it, um, like, I've an average amount of snow if you're like in Ontario or anywhere else Mm -hmm. in Canada. But for Vancouver, it was any snow, which was a lot of snow. And so it's been a weird week. I I stayed inside for about four days until I ran out of tea and then had to venture out (laughs) into the snow. Uh, It's been a long week. It's been a lot of meetings. It's been a lot of things. My brain is about as slushy as outside Mm -hmm. is right now. Um, So that, that is the kind of episode that I'm, uh, prepared to deliver on today. I, I don't know about you, Brian. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, actually. So, um, But we will set up a tea fund for Carolyn. Uh, if you go to our website, there'll be a d- donate button and you can uh, make sure that they have all the tea they need to stay functioning as an adult. So we'll, we'll, we'll get right on that. I, I purchased the I purchased the largest box of Red Rose Orange Pico that mm-hmm. I could. Um, 216 sachets <laughs> of poor poor quality uh, black tea. It's basically just dust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it intensely. So Red Rose, please sponsor us <laughs> and send me. I'm more tea. of a coffee drinker myself, but, uh, I'll have, I'll have the occasional <laughs> cup of tea anyway. So yes, as Carolyn mentioned, we are, this is kind of our, our, uh, end of one year, beginning of another year. It's an end of a decade, uh, depending on how you count at beginnings and ends of decades. Let's not go into that conversation. Um, I heard there I heard was controversy. Yes, um, yeah. So it's kind of our usual beginning of, of the year uh, in terms of we get a chance to look a little back on the past year um, in 2019 and some thoughts for 2020. Um, the fact that we're kind of are over halfway into January as we record this, I, I say you know we're still in January, so we're still legit, and there's a good chance that actually can be we're yeah, fine. It's, it's going to be fine. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think we just need to just jump right into it. Um, from an evaluation and a podcasting perspective, what did you think about 2019? I'm just thinking back to um, this time, around this time last year, you know, when we were doing the last kind of episode like this. And, and um, Brian and I talked about how n- neither one of us actually went and listened to that episode before doing <laughs> this one, which, oh, well, evaluator fail. Mm-hmm. Um But I can even just from like memory of what, like looking at the notes of that episode, I'm like, oh yeah, like it was cool. All the things I thought might happen, uh, I was wrong on most of them. Um, And then a bunch of stuff happened that I could not remotely have predicted. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it great, some of it not great. Um, And like my takeaway on the whole year is just a reinforcement of um, not trying to overly plan things, but be better at preparing for things. Mm. Um, so that as, as totally unexpected opportunities come my way, I can go with them and roll <laughs> with them. Um, or sometimes those opportunities are great. Sometimes those opportunities are, you know, unpleasant. Um, because I think the vision I had of 2019 at the beginning of 2019 was okay. was cool. Like it was like, I, you know, Oh, these are things I'd like to try. These are things I like to do. I did a bunch of them, but the year was just so much bigger than that. Even it was, it was a really 
cool year full of stuff that I couldn't have, um, I couldn't have set as a goal. I couldn't have said, oh, I want that to happen because I couldn't have made it happen. It's just, I got lucky mm-hmm. and, and cool things came up. How about you? Yeah. Um, kind of thinking back to that now too, and you're mentioning thinking back to where we were around this time last year and when we recorded this, uh, the analogous uh, episode um, for end of 2018, beginning of 2019. I think it was one of those episodes or one of those years where I think kind of started striding forward confidently, you know, tripped over a skateboard, hit a banana peel, kind of did a triple <laughs> lutz, but then the end kind of stuck the landing and just had only a little bit of, you know, pie in my hair or something like that. So um, r- listeners take your interpretation of this tortured metaphor as you will, but yeah, I think I agree with you to see, you know, there's things you couldn't have planned, um, but definitely uh, some, some positives in that as well, I think. Um, and I think uh, that this, honestly, this podcast, I think it's been, it's been one of those uh, successes, one of those highlights. Um, I was going back and, you know, just counting and actually we released 16 episodes in, in 2019. And that's more than all of 2018 and the second half of 2017 when we started combined. So uh, we were quite uh, prolific, actually, in, in, in 2019. And I don't think that was an explicit plan. We didn't say we want to release, you know, one episode every three or four weeks or anything like that. We just, um, opportunities arose and uh, we we kind of went with it. Yeah, I think the podcast was one of my highlights, too, in a really unexpected way. I mean, I've always, I enjoy doing the podcast. And something about last year, um I don't know. I felt like our conversation started to go to like even a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Like we've been really um, started to have all these themes that were carrying through different conversations. And a lot of those conversations were um, just unexpected, just like hearing about someone who was doing something neat. Like, um, you know, when we like early in the year when, when Jade was on, mm-hmm. you know, it was just because she'd written this really cool post about the, the, um, AES conference theme and it was like oh I didn't know like we didn't know Jade we'd never talked to her before uh, just reached out to her and and said hey do you want to be on the podcast this sounds like a cool idea and then we would love to talk about it um, and it was it was doing things like that with the podcast where we just sort of I think I started started to really understand the potential of it as a platform mm-hmm. um, for the kind of conversations we could have that um I don't want to get like oh, like too precious about it, and I don't want to get I you know I want it to keep this sort of very casual, very DIY, occasionally you know wonky audio quality. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know I I think you know you and I sat down partway through the year to do a little bit of just strategy mm-hmm. work around you know what what is it that we want to be doing with this. Um, and one of the things we came away in that conversation was we want it to still be fun. Like if it's not fun, we won't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, and I remember that, that uh, strategy, little uh, reflective session. And I think also another thing that we recognize, it's like basically these are conversations. It's either a conversation between you and me or between the two of us and someone else. And, um, you know, maybe a, a chance to have some conversations that kind of go beyond what people normally think of in terms of evaluation. So, um, yeah, you know, so I think that's kind of one thing that's we want to keep at the heart of this. It's just, you know, we're just having conversations. We're not trying to push anything. We're not trying to, um, you know, make something more than it is. Um, we have conversations. We have some fun. And hopefully people get some some value out of it. Yeah, and we've gotten some really, you know, I think being at the conference at AEA and having having people sort of approach and say, hey, you know, I I listened to your podcast, I like your podcast. I think we talked about this in the AEA episode. Mm-hmm. That really helped me understand. I mean, we see the numbers, we see, you know, the the stats, mm-hmm. uh, the metrics, um, but uh, it's really cool to to know who's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you if you're if you're listening to our podcast right now. Thanks. Um, yes. <laughs> and, and always feel free to, to like reach out to us and let us know that we never, we never sort of like ask people to like rate and review or anything. We're not trying to get like on the top 10 Apple. I think I've said this before, but do feel free to like, tell us, you know, what you think about the podcast and, and let us know. And you can tweet at us, you can email us, you can leave a review, anything you like, hire a skywriter. We're open. <laughs> Just track us um, down, maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, any any other highlights for twenty nineteen for you? Um, 
yeah, I think uh, you, you kind of alluded to it as just being at AEA. And uh, obviously, we our episode previous to this one was was talking about that experience. So I'm not going to rehash all of that. But um, yeah, I think it was just kind of, of neat to be there to have a chance to connect with uh, a bunch of our previous guests. Um, uh, yeah, I think um, I'm not, I'm not going to start singling out any of our guests because uh, it's where do I stop and all that. But I think just like kind of the breadth of topics, you know, everything from talking about R, you know, the the, the software to um, uh, all sorts of things around, um, you know, the really the human aspect, you know, what is uh, what are we bringing in terms of creativity? I've mentioned that already before. Um, yeah. So just really. I think just like a lot of good content. I think just a lot of good broad range of conversations that we managed to have. Yeah. And none of it planned out necessarily. Nothing that we said like, oh, we want to have, you know, a mix of, you know, big names and stats and this and that and the other things. It's like, well, hey, these people are interested or they've contacted us. Let's run with it. <laughs> I like how we're having a very super meta episode about the podcast <laughs> on the podcast. Um, it, right. was, it was a big part of the this year. This is the <laughs> this is the director's cut, basically, or this is the uh, the the audio commentary track. This is <laughs> the audio commentary of 2019. That could be the episode title. Yeah. How like were there any other like outside of the podcast? What kind of highlights in your in your evaluation oh. year? I mean, I actually have uh, <laughs> I I have um, a life outside of the podcast. This is <laughs> news for me. So, um, yeah, uh, I think just um, that's a good question. Um, you you take it first. Okay. Do you have any highlights from personal? Oh man, it was a good. It was a big year. There were so many things. Like I have to sort of go like rifled back through. I got to meet a lot of really great people. And again, I'm not even going to start naming because mm. once you start, I could I could spend an hour just naming all the cool people I got to meet, <laughs> and and hang out with and do cool. If you're listening to this, you're one of them. Um, mm-hmm. but so some of it. Okay, so this is what 2019 was for me. 2019 was right at the very beginning of it. Um, I had just come out of doing, um, spending a couple of years on a particular uh, project that had had been really interesting, but it was almost like I was spending a lot of time on it. So at the beginning of 2019, that project was wrapping up and my world was opening up a little bit. And I was starting to, mm-hmm. um, I'm coming up on actually next week, I don't know, this episode may or may not have actually gone up before this time happens. Um, uh, it'll be my five-year anniversary in Vancouver. Um, wow. And so therefore also kind of ish my five-year anniversary of being a consultant. Although that des- that mm-hmm. decision didn't happen sort of immediately in the- as soon as I got here. Um, but like moving to a new province, moving to a new city, not knowing anyone, not being established. Like it's been a long you 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 went through this when you moved to Saskatoon. Like it takes a long time to like right. connect and build the relationships and get to know the space and the context and the people. Um, and it was really only at the beginning of 2019 that I started to um, get sort of kind of on my feet. I'm thinking of it now as like it feels like 2019 was year zero of my consulting practice in some ways. And like everything up to that point was like lead up. And then last year, 2019 was like me figuring out, wait, what is it that I want to do? Like, what's my actual offer here? Mm-hmm. What's the kind of evaluation practice that I want to have and exploring that? And now as I'm getting into 2020, it's feeling like this is year one. This is like, okay, I figured out <laughs> what it is that I want to be doing. Now I just have to like do that. And mm-hmm. so 2019, early, early on, I made a choice that I think was a really, really good choice. And for anyone who's starting consulting, like, basically everyone who's who was already doing consulting when I told them this choice they were like yes that's the thing Uh, I said no to a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of things came my way I wanted to say yes to a lot of things Uh, I fortunately had a back injury that forced me to say no to some things because I would have overcommitted myself really quickly if I weren't (laughs) in a lot of physical pain and realizing actually I can't I can't take all of this on Um, And it was scary because you always feel like if you turn an opportunity down, you're not going to get another one. That's a constant, (laughs) constant fear. Um, And and you always want to do the work and you want to work with the people. Mm -hmm. They're always good people. Um, And, you know, every opportunity feels like it could be something really great and amazing and and learning that it's like it's okay to to say no to some things. It's not always the right time or the right fit for some things um, is a very important uh, practice for any for any consultant. (laughs) 
Um, and I think in evaluation, <laughs> our projects tend to be so involved and mm-hmm. so labor and resource intensive, particularly um, that I really think we have to be good at being discerning that way. And mm-hmm. so I really, like I slowed down and I let stuff just kind of come my way. And I, and I said yes to the stuff that felt really, really, really right in that moment. And so mm-hmm. the highlight was just over the year, seeing that pay off and seeing myself not get burned out to take the time to invest in, I did a lot of like trainings and, and workshops um, and uh, got to just spend, you know, I've, I've been working on that certificate, that SFU certificate in evaluation for social change and transformational learning. And it's been a huge payoff in terms of just giving me a space to go much deeper into thinking about again, what it is, what is it that I do and, and how do I want to do it? Um, I got the opportunity to start doing teaching. That was a huge highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, some doing some online. Um, one was a sort of a guest spot. Uh, I think we talked about it uh, one of our first episodes last year with uh, when Chris Corrigan came on. That was sort of a, a prelude to that online course, um, evalu- the art of evaluation or in evaluating in complexity. Um, which you can still access. So the, the, the live session of that is that was back in February last year, but you can still access the recordings of it through Beehive. We can link to that. And then in the fall, I got to do uh, another Beehive course with Rita Fierro that was uh, specifically around developmental evaluation. And I learned so much through doing that. And I met so many cool people through doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's really inspired me to want to make more of that part of my practice. I've got, I won't, I can't, I'm not going to share details yet, but I have, I'm, I'm scheming. There, there are many schemes just, afoot uh, on other ways that I can. <laughs> it's both. Right now I'm teasing about the scheming. Mm. Um, but just trying to think of like, what are other ways that I can uh, contribute and, and, and have um, teaching and sharing the things that I've been learning um, with a wider group of people? And what are the sort of different platforms and ways that I can do that? So that there's, there's a little teaser for 2020. <laughs> Um, more, more details to, to come as I figure them out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll so. hear it first. All right, I maybe... talked for a while. <laughs> I talked for a while. Now you should have thought of some of you. What are some of your evaluation highlights from 2019? Yes. Thank you for uh, providing that, that thinking space. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, kind of what I alluded to with my metaphor of the skateboard and the banana peel and all that is that, yeah, I think there was a couple of things that kind of didn't go as expected, but I think, like I made a chance both to kind of step outside the way I've been doing things to kind of critically examine, like what am I trying to accomplish? Um, but then also to, to recognize like, you know, the friends and the colleagues that I do have here who, who, um, who do support me, who have my back when, you know, things aren't always going great. So, uh, and by here, I mean, not just in Saskatoon, but, you know, across the country and I include uh, you as part of, part of that as well. Um, so I think, uh, and I think the, um, Actually, AEA really helped crystallize it too to kind of figure out, yeah, what am I trying to accomplish? What am I, what niche am I filling with my consulting work and my evaluation work? Um, especially, I mean, in a smaller city like Saskatoon, it can be a little too easy to become the the jack of all trades, the person who's kind of, you know, good for everything. And while I still like seeing that flex, I still like having that flexibility and a bit of, uh, um, you know, having the chance to get involved in different kind of projects. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have a, a breadth of skills. Uh, I think I was kind of realizing that before this year, I don't think I, the pieces weren't fitting quite together or they weren't explicitly fitting together. And now I think I'm getting to the point where I do have a lot better understanding of what I'm trying to do and how it kind of fits into a package that lets me, you know, still pay the bills, but also help make meaningful community contributions. So Again, this is it's, it's teasing right now. Um, I I am kind of working towards um, doing a little bit of a revamp um, of kind of some of my materials and website and all that. So um, keep an eye open for that. I guess that's maybe one of my intentions for uh, for twenty twenty. But um, yeah, so I think a highlight is that I got a chance to kind of maybe step outside of the uh, the everyday. Um, in some cases, voluntarily. In some cases, kind of uh knocked down which made me kind of have to see things a little bit differently so um but yeah i think they'll say that as a highlight mm-hmm. it's a such an interesting thing about um i think this is true about evaluation generally and evaluation consulting 
um, God, this last year made me so much more conscious of, of not the distinct, I mean, just the distinction in the, in the different sort of ways that we approach evaluation, it really does mm-hmm. make a difference. The sort of like, what's whatever, you know, vehicle you're in. I don't know if vehicle's the right word for that, but like <laughs> the practice of being a consultant and the practice of being mm-hmm. an evaluator, and then the practice of being an evaluation consultant, um, are like, there are, these are all different things. Um, or maybe that's like a Venn diagram kind of overlap. Um, and there's an art to each of those things. And then there's an art to the combination. Um, Mm -hmm. and there's just like any form of art, everyone has a different style. Like we are so different. Everyone, um, who does this work has their own particular, Oh, I'm trying to remember. Shoot. I don't have that book anywhere near me, or maybe I do wait just a sec. I'm going to make a noise. We're going to edit this part out. (laughs) I do have it. Yes. Okay. Sorry. This is, all right, I'm going to come clean. Uh, I'm in my bed right now because um, it's been a day, it's been a week, and I'm, I want to be cozy. Um, so I just, I have about six different books that are just in my bed that I just sleep with at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't remember if this was one of them, but it is. And, and uh, so the book that I'm holding right now, which you can't see because this is a podcast, is um, Evaluation Foundations Revisited, Cultivating a Life of the Mind for the Practice by Thomas Schwant. And I know mm. that there are some of you who are listening to this and like fist pumping the air right now because you love this book. <laughs> and I haven't finished it yet. I've, I, there are six books in my bed. I read like, like a page from each of them at a time. Uh, mm. This is just how I read now. I don't understand it either. But I'm looking up. There was a particular sentence. I think it was even in the introduction. It just made me laugh so hard. Um, I thought it was great. No, it's in the first chapter. I'm going to find it. I'm sorry. You're having to deal with all of I, this. I, I can, while I can I fill in for a minute while you're, uh, but I think okay. actually we read the same way because I think I've got usually three or four books on the go at the same time. And uh, I'm trying to change that for this year a little bit. Um, I only have two on the go right now. So I guess that's an improvement question mark, but um, yeah, but um, I usually have that stack of books by my bedside as well. I am not recording in my bedroom right now, just to, to clarify that. But again, no <laughs> one could see me, so I could be lying at this point. So you could be lying. That's, we have no way of knowing. Yes, that's that's about all the distraction I can do. Do you have anything <laughs> to share with us at this point? Okay, so we have now edited out a significant chunk of time <laughs> where Carolyn was just quite quietly reading while Brian hummed in the background. We are not going to subject you to that. But I found mm-hmm. I found the sentence. Um, okay. I think this is really funny. You may or may not agree. This is my particular sense of humor, but this is from, it's just from like an early chapter, like page 27. It's talking about variability in evaluation practice. Um, arguably, although the field of evaluation may generally accept the premise that what evaluators do is evaluate answers to questions about what exactly that means, how it should be done, and what the evaluator's role is and should be in the process display considerable variability. <laughs> I think it's Which more, is, it's funny because it's true, but it's, I mean, it's, well, it is. I, I, it's this, I'd never promised that this was, I read that and I just like had to put the book down and just like laugh to myself for like a minute because it's true. We evaluators evaluate. We all agree that evaluators evaluate mm-hmm. and we have almost no agreement on what it means to evaluate <laughs> when you put it that way yep it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's at least unless it's a chuckle for me so yes <laughs> i don't think i ever go on the stand-up routines but i mean maybe that should be next aea we'll have a we'll have a, a, a amateur improv stand-up i may have oversold it but in the moment that i read it it was incredibly <laughs> hilarious um but like this is the thing that strikes me is like when especially when it comes to figuring out like what what am i doing is i feel like there's a constant subroutine going mm-hmm. on in the back of my head of like wait what am i doing is this evaluation mm-hmm. what what is it that i'm like what what that's just a constant analysis and question of like what does it mean to do evaluation and mm-hmm. um i feel like i'm starting to get more of a grip on that question for me like i i think what my evaluation is, is not what your evaluation is, is not what anyone else's evaluation is. We do all have these sort of um, particular approaches. And and I think that's great. I think we need that. Like mm-hmm. my takeaway on that is that that's a good thing. Right. Um, I know it presents some challenges to um, things like for clients and, and, and um, you know, who figuring out, you know, who, 
um, they want to work with and what will actually meet their needs. And, and I think um, even though we're all different, it's not like, oh, there's one right. It's not like soulmates. I don't agree with the concept of soulmates. I think lots of evaluators can bring different things to the same situation and have that, you know, have all of those things be valid and valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is some overlap. There's consistency. There's coherence among us, I think. But I like that we all think about it differently, too. Right. I'm wondering now, are you, are you talking about like relational soulmates or work soulmates or <laughs> clients, consultant soulmates? <laughs> Just this, this idea this in general. <laughs> Just this idea in general that there's like um, a one right way or a one mm-hmm. true yeah. way or a one right fit. Yeah. And I think we've kind of talked about it in past episodes. So I can't think of any specific one, but just about, yeah, who is an evaluator? And I guess maybe the one with Chris Corgan might be an example, like talking about evaluation and facilitation and are they, you know, compatriots and in, uh, in trying to address complexity and things like that. But I mean, if we say that people are doing evaluation work, but they're not evaluators, what does that mean for how we evaluate? And then, yeah, if it's a, uh, you're right. I think it's, it's, we evaluate how I evaluate is going to be different from how you evaluate versus how Michael Quinn Patton does evaluation. So yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this line of thought. It's, it's a little too deep for me right now. I mean, it's, I think it's one of the, the, the pressing sort of questions within the field, not just now, but for a long time is like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to do what we're doing? And I'm, I'm glad that we're asking those questions and I hope we never answer them in some ways. I want the Mm -hmm. energy of the question itself, I think is what's really powerful um, Mm -hmm. more so than the need to like really pin it down to one thing. Um, Because that's some of our um, inspiration and our, and our agility and our flex. Like I just, I don't, I increasingly, especially after the last year of conversations that we've had, both sort of for Mm -hmm. me, like on the podcast and then also just in general, the conversations I've been having, um, you know, evaluation is so much more than a technical exercise. Evaluation is more than data collection and report writing. Um, Mm -hmm. it's a deeply human practice of, of making meaning in the world. And, I always want that to be, I want it to be practical. I don't want us to go so far off into, you know, a a conceptual space that it's not useful anymore, of course. And I don't actually think we're in much risk of that. I think we're much more at risk of getting kind of really stuck and bogged down in like the mud of technical details um, instead of, you know, flying off in the air of, you know, high philosophical conjecture. (laughs) But. I mean, those are those are they have their time and place. I think you know, talking <laughs> about high philosophical conjectures, usually, usually at the the drinks portion of an, of a conference. But <laughs> really, it's yeah, you're right. I think um, I think we're always going to be kind of uh, you know eyes to the sky of a big picture of what are we trying to do, and then still having to try to count pebbles in the mud that's underneath us in, in some ways. Yeah. So um, it's yeah, and that's where it comes to kind of the individual practice of of, you know, how much are we doing one or the other? How much are we slinging mud into someone who's in the face of someone who's in power and say like, this is what your, your actions are causing versus how much are we, you know, supporting those who are in power. So, um, through, you know, enforcing mechanisms or, uh, accountability frameworks or what have you. So, yeah, I think, um, there is no one evaluation way and that's kind of a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, we're we're starting to get real deep on this one. <laughs> you didn't expect this. We just thought like, oh, we'll just talk about how Brian didn't succeed in having a year of the trombone last year, and definitely <laughs> gonna have a bigger goal. Decade of the trombone now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're being true to our concept of of the the eval cafe. This is absolutely coffee shop talk for me. I do have the trombone behind me right now, so I could grab it out if you want to. I mean, you could just, give us a little, so maybe you could play our outro for us. Why don't we get you to play our outro? <laughs> it's just going to be a sad trombone sound. <laughs> oh. Well, actually, that's the a nice segue. <laughs> that's a beautiful segue because the other mm-hmm. thing we were going to, like, after we've, you know, checked in on some highlights was like, okay, so dish the dirt. What were the lowlights? <laughs> uh, I'll start with the podcast again. Um, I think that the, the the low light for me was actually that we had relatively few of these kind of just us episodes. Um, you know, like it was great having all the guests and all that as part of it. Um, but, uh, and 
you know, it's, it's kind of like, I think I made this metaphor before of like, you know, you're traveling, you get to stay and visit a whole bunch of people. It's sometimes nice just to come back home and just, you know, be in a comfortable setting and just have, I wouldn't say our conversations are anywhere near usual, but I mean, just, <laughs> I don't know, you know, you're, you're not having to, to futz around with, well, actually we did have to futz around <laughs> with technical stuff before this one. So, but um, yeah, so I think that's kind of maybe not a low light, but just maybe, yeah, maybe a slight disappointment that while definitely enjoy having the multitude of perspectives, I think we had all of like three episodes of our 16 last year, maybe four that was just the two of us. Um, again, you know, most of the time was because we had so many awesome guests on, but I think it's kind of a little different when we get a chance just to noodle, you know, cafe style here, like we're doing today. And sometimes it produces uh, some really insightful things. And sometimes it's just goes to the, uh, goes to the blooper reel, but uh, <laughs> either way, I always enjoy it too. So. Yeah. I think there was a certain point last year. Um, I was thinking a lot about like the podcast and, and the sustainability of it. And this is where we were checking in and be like, okay, is it still fun? Yeah, it's still fun. There was a certain point where we'd done, um, cause we did, we did so many episodes. We, it's not like we were releasing them on a regular schedule. Um, that's yeah. always my favorite thing is like the, the number one advice for, for a good podcast is that you should have frequent and regular. We do neither of those things. Um, <laughs> We had all these beautiful conversations, but they were, you know, it's a lot of editing work. There's a lot of production work with the podcast. And I think at a certain point we were also just starting to burn out a little bit. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, the thing that kind of got sacrificed was just the you and me conversations. So, oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, let, let's bring back that back a little bit in 2020. I don't know how, but um, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, we'll yeah, I think that I, th- I think if I'm thinking like, you know, any anything that was like, Aww, from 2019 around the podcast yeah i think just the fact that at a certain point it is a lot like the converse the conversation mm-hmm. is great and then there's the work that comes after and i wish i you know this we don't we don't make money off this podcast we don't have any like no. we're doing this all in our free time it's not something that we could or are super interested in like trying to monetize around the only mm-hmm. thing we've talked about and and are still kind of trying to figure out is 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 how do we get um, transcripts as part of it because that's not something that you or I have the time to do and the cost of paying someone to do it we've looked and, and listeners trust me we've looked into lots and lots of options we have ideas mm-hmm. we may or may not try to do uh, a, a fundraiser of some kind to see if we can cover the cost of our transcription but that's like my one mm-hmm. ongoing frustration with the podcast is um, the accessibility. I really want the mm-hmm. accessibility um, of having transcripts out there as someone who really likes and appreciates transcripts when other podcasts do them, but it's, right. it's one of the trickier things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I don't want to do a whole episode on, uh, on how we make the sausage here, but you know, we had the recording time and usually it's at least, I think at least probably just to clean up the audio file to take out some of the, um, Carolyn searching for a book kind of moments or uh, or um, where there's maybe a little bit of overlap or cross talk when we especially when we have a guest on uh, I mean we end up taking you know two to three times the length of the episode itself to um, at least to, to kind of go through it clean that up and then of course you know making the show notes and push publishing it to the server and all that kind of stuff it's it's not a huge amount of time in the greater scheme of things but just because we're both uh independent consultants we tend to be busy at the same time of year basically and uh yeah it uh it did um i don't think like i think our our public like our schedule last year of like 16 episodes like that just kind of like whoa that was a for me that strikes me as a huge number and if you look at our posting schedule there's definitely they clumped up in some times and there's some longer stretches where we didn't have anything yeah we had a busy summer <laughs> yep but um <laughs> you, you know I, i'm not sure if i would want to have much many more than those episodes like having it yeah, twice we've monthly, got a nice yeah. list some... in mind already of some guests we would like mm-hmm. to have on this year and then yeah we'll see we'll get some more of our the you and me episodes in there and mm-hmm. i i'm i would if we can get out one episode a month, I'd be happy. I yeah, feel I think, like one episode I think, a month yeah, is good. You know, two a month seems a little bit overly ambitious and but uh somewhere between one and two a month I think is and that's what we that's what we hit this time, right? So Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh how about the evaluation work? What were some challenges in twenty nineteen around the work? Yeah. Um again, kind of alluded to earlier, there's a couple of projects that kind of went sideways on me. 
um, taking some refuge in the evaluation failure book by uh, by Kylie Hutchinson, some of the stories there. So, yeah, so um, obviously, you know, some moments, you know, where I had to kind of figure out, okay, what exactly happened. Um, actually, I was reading, um, I, um, I was traveling this past week and I was reading a book uh, called Creativity Inc. And it's a story of Pixar, uh, but a lot of also kind of good things in there about uh, about management, about how do you like build structure, but don't stifle creativity, things like that. Um, but there's one section they're talking about postmortems. And um, I wish I had it in front of me right now, but um, the basic line was around um, some people think that postmortems are worthless because like, hey, if we succeeded, then obviously we're doing the right stuff. And if we failed, uh, it's because we did something wrong and like we can't necessarily learn from like, you know, we did we failed because we failed kind of idea. So um, so I think that and I can't remember now where it's going with this this line of thought. Shoot. Yeah. I might have said to delete that whole part now. <laughs> I failed at trying well, to bring in a relevant story. So <laughs> No, what what it made me think of is actually something that came up in a course I took last year, um, which was around the importance of, especially when we succeed, we have a tendency to maybe sometimes mm-hmm. analyze when we fail at something. It's like, okay, well, we have to find out, you know, what went wrong. Right. Um, but also to to analyze what happens when we succeed, because the tendency mm-hmm. to be like, okay, everything's working, so it must everything must be fine, or we don't need to learn from this, um, is a mistake. Actually, there's a lot to learn from what's happening when you're succeeding. Um, yep. that that's a useful time. Like it's always helpful to think about like, wait, why might this be happening? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, it, are we succeeding because of something we did? Are we succeeding because there's some other circumstances going on here that are outside our control? Maybe right. if we knew that, that might inform the kind of decisions we made mm-hmm. um, going forward um, about, okay, how much, how much influence do we have over this, um, over this possibility? Like, Maybe mm-hmm. um, a program is doing really, really well, and you think, oh, okay, must, we must be doing this really. You know, we're look, look how much participation we got. People are showing up. They're saying it's great, um, and maybe that has to do with um, there's another organization around that's been providing a bunch of referrals, and you didn't realize that. Um, and if you did know that, like, oh, this is where people are coming from. They're coming because this other organization has been sending them our way because they've got a new program that really links to ours really nicely. And if you knew that you could formalize that relationship or you could mm-hmm. deepen that connection, right. um, like it's knowing why things are going well is just as helpful as knowing why things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's what you were going to. <laughs> no, but I think it kind of reminded me where I was going with it in terms of like, uh, uh, you know, like if there's the failure, you can like take the failure on all on yourself, but then also kind of realize, I think kind of what you're saying in terms of like, yeah, you know, on the flip side, there could be reasons why things fail that don't have anything to do with you or Maybe, you know, you maybe contributed to it, but it's not, you know, you, you can learn from that in, in a way. So um, so I guess that's why I was mentioning it both in the highlight and also now the low light part. Um, you know, while I'm not yeah, proud of some of my decisions and some way some things went down, but also recognizing that, you know, I, at least at the very least, I seem to be in good company in terms of things not always going as, mm-hmm. uh, as, uh, as anticipated. But yeah, anything for you in terms of, uh, you know, things that didn't quite uh, turn out as expected or in a, in a negative way? Um, I think the hardest part of 2019 for me, um, well, yeah, maybe it's one of those, it's sort of the flip side thing. I said, you know, one of the highlights was getting to do some really cool things. One of the challenges was um, the things I couldn't do or mm-hmm. the things I had to step away from, or especially around, I, I had done a lot of volunteering, especially when I first moved to Vancouver. I felt a lot of my time with volunteer commitments um, because it was a great way to get to know people. It was a great way to... Um, expand my skills and just be part of things. And as I've gotten busier, I've had to scale back and scale Mm -hmm. back and scale back. And, um, yeah, it feels, there's some stuff that I've had to step away from, um, that I'm hoping to go back to at some point. Um, I'm still trying to, especially the emerging evaluator stuff. I'm really trying to, trying to stay connected there, but, um, definitely not able to do as much in that space as I had at one point, um, just because it's a lot to try to do that and also build a business at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, some of those projects that was like, oh, I, I wish that had worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes we where I don't know, the whole thing, the whole client, I mean, I know we, we had a whole episode about client <laughs> relationships and how it's a lot like romantic relationships and the like, will they, won't they? <laughs> Um, wondering like, oh, you know, was it me? Did I say something? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did I 
communicate in the wrong way, just like second guessing, why didn't that work out? Or why didn't that go somewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, and having to just like, accept the, the not knowing and walk away from it, right. just being like, okay, whatever, whatever it was, you know, I wasn't the person they were looking for. Mm-hmm. That's okay. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll be another. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's stressful. It's stressful. Um, um, I think that's actually one of the things about evaluation work is one of the things I really took home this year as well was just, uh, this work is always important. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't matter what the project is. Um, it doesn't matter if it's, it feels like a small project or a big project or, or if it's technically like a low stakes kind of thing versus like really high stakes, like, you know, life and death on the line kind of thing or big amounts of money or whatever. It's always high stakes. It always Mm -hmm. matters to someone. Um, and it can, I can, I'm, I'm having to learn how to like manage my feelings of responsibility for how things go um, and not get like, not, not personally invest. Of course I'm going to personally invest. I've, that's, that's mm-hmm. part of my brand. I, <laughs> if we're working together. You know, I've, I've, I think I've heard people say, um, oh, I'm thinking at this, this I think was Jardine coffee who I heard saying this talking about how intimate mm-hmm. um evaluation work is and so if you're going to be in an intimate relationship with someone and I mean that in terms of like a professional work project kind of intimacy but it is intimate it is you're really close to things that people care deeply about Mm -hmm. um, and that affect people in really profound ways Um, so you know it's I I don't think it always has to be heavy it should be fun too Um, but it's kind of learning how to walk with that Mm-hmm. and not be overwhelmed by it. Right. Um, and I think yeah. something we don't kind of maybe recognize or give credit for ourselves too much either is that um, like we come in, like going back to the whole, like what does it mean to evaluate? And I think part of that is just asking questions and kind of why, why are things this way or how could, how could things be different? How can things be better? Um, and I mean, that's the way that we show like we're investing in that in, in those programs or those those initiatives or whatever. And the way we kind of show that we that we are interested in wanting to succeed. And I'm thinking about Chris Lisi's um, uh, comic from years ago now about like the pragmatic dreamer um, and how like we are asking questions is not to shut down things, is not to criticize, it's not to to um, to say that there's problems and more to say, like, how can things be better? But for a lot of people, that can be like, you know, scary. It can be threatening. It can be really, really hard to have people coming in for that. And we're kind of putting ourselves willingly in that position to say, you know, we're could be touching on to people's insecurities and to their fears and all that. So maybe it's not a surprise when things, I mean, maybe, maybe it's more a surprise when things actually do work out nicely, that we do have great relations and we're able to contribute to change. Um, I don't want to put us up too much on a pedestal or anything like that, but, you know, we are kind of going, we do put ourselves into situations where we may not be always painted as, as, the, as the good guys, right? You know, we can easily be seen as someone that's coming in and either, yeah, collecting information that may not paint the rosiest picture or, you know seeming to be shaking the the apple cart and mm-hmm. even like on purpose maybe mm-hmm. well yeah it is often our job to sometimes go in and if not ask at least create space for other people to ask mm-hmm. those yeah. questions they've been afraid to ask right um, or afraid to hear <laughs> answered like yeah we go to some deep places mm-hmm. and some people don't want to go deep or some people it can be difficult to to go deep and we can try our best to set those spaces up, like you said, but it's it's not always easy, and we're still human too, as part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I went a little, little deeper than expected. I think. Yeah, we're feeling like we're having a bit yeah, of a yeah. heavy heavy chat today. <laughs> what wasn't that soup you had? I don't know. That it was it was just a tomato soup. Okay, tomato soup. So maybe uh, so since this this was surprising, and this is me working the segue in. What's something that surprised you from this this year? What surprised me? I mean, I actually, I think we already talked about the podcast for me was like the biggest surprise in some ways. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Gosh, what else? I want to think of something that surprised me. I can take something first then if you want. Yeah. What, yeah. What surprised you? Uh, Well, from the podcast itself, the number of times we referenced the Simon Fraser evaluation (laughs) for social change and transformative learning course. Uh, Like, I mean, seriously, you're joking about red rose tea. I have to, 
make the disclaimer we are not being sponsored by Simon Fraser University or that course specifically <laughs> or by like reciprocal con- consulting. We just, yeah, I forgot to mention that as a highlight um, starting that course. Um, I think um, oh, I'm yeah. not because uh, I did the um, back in September, did the uh, the Eval 800 um, that uh, Kim Vanderward and Sophia Vitalis uh, were leading and then Mark Abaja's course um, in the in the last two months, I guess, basically of of 2019, uh, taking a break from the the one that's on right now. I think it's the evaluation and leadership one, but uh, oh, with Kate, um, but it's that, great. It is hard know, to do all just, of yeah. them. I will say this yeah. just as a I like I didn't do marks last year, so I did it this year with you, and it's it's mm-hmm. just in general being a student at the same time as you're working full time as a consultant is a lot. Even though they try to yeah, make it, it's a little bit a lot. Though. Very, everyone's very flexible. They know everyone who's taking it is super busy, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to do all of them in one year. I, I've liked staggering it a bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so that was a bit of a surprise. I think that uh, and it was great. We had uh, we had um, uh, Kim and and Sophia and Billy Joe on the podcast uh, last year as well. It was our first uh, repeat guest. So, um, and our first like multi guest episode as well. So. Um, yeah, that was maybe a little bit of a surprise, uh, at least from from podcasting angle. So, um, what about you? Anything, anything? Have you thought up something for the surprise now? I just, I think what I realize is everything has been a surprise. Like every single thing that I've talked about. So, you know, the pod, what we were able to do with the podcast last year was a surprise. What, mm-hmm. uh, like those teaching opportunities were a surprise. The the kinds of projects I got to work on were a surprise. You know, the people I met, got to meet and connect with have been a surprise. Um, what else? The, you know, reception that we got at AEA, not, not like a formal reception. I just mean like the fact that we were at AEA and, and people were like, Hey, mm-hmm. I listened to your podcast. Like all of this, the entire year. Like, I, I think this is how I started. I said, like, I, I, I have, I'm so excited for 2020 cause I have no idea what's going to happen. I have mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things is like every, every minute of every day, there's a possibility I'm going to get an email um, from someone saying, Hey, there's, there's a thing that I'm working on. Can you help? Or, or, or I heard about someone who's doing, you know, working on this and they're looking for an evaluator. Like, you know, could like any moment I might hear about mm-hmm. the coolest thing that I get to do. <laughs> and I just love that. I feel like I'm living in this sort of constant, not like even anticipation. Cause I'm not like on the edge of my seat. Cause it's just like, well, it'll happen when it happens. And some of those cool emails right. go nowhere. Like some of them is like, it sounds cool, but then there's no right. follow up. So like, it's just like, I don't know. I'm living in the surprise. That's what I'm with surprise. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm just absolutely living in it. Um, and trying nice. to come up with some surprises of my own for, for other people as well. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it goes back to what you're saying earlier about, um, um, that as a consultant, you can't be worried about saying no to things because things will pop up. And yeah, I think this past year as well kind of showed that, uh, that, um, yeah, the unexpected can happen. I mean, I got surprised like, we had Michael Quinn Patton on this podcast. You know, that was uh, um, even like until we hit stop on recording it, it was, it was like, I think even after that, I was like, did that, did that just happen? You know, how, how did this happen? I'm not sure. I'm, even now, I'm not sure how it all happened, but it's like, cool. Let's, that, that was great. We, we, we ran with it. We, we have audio proof that it happened <laughs> so, despite some uh, attempts by, you know, internet in rural Minnesota trying to shut us down. But hey, you know, um, that was a complete surprise. And uh, this makes it sound like and, Michael's really hard. To, he's very approachable. I just want to put that out there. Michael is a very approachable person. Yeah, but yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But you know, how did he end up on our podcast? I'm still, I'm not even sure of the mechanics of it. I think you were in touch with him at one point, and yeah, he I left a he that, left so. a comment on one of our on one of our right, episodes. That was a, he yes, said, "Hey, yes. you know, do you want me to come on your podcast?" And we were like, "Yes, yes, we do." Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I love about evaluation. It's just so easy to meet people. People are like, it doesn't it matter, is. you know, how many books someone has published or how many sort of big ideas they're known for or, or keynotes that like mm-hmm. everyone is very accessible and very approachable. And I love that about us. I've had so many people who are not like, they're not from evaluation. Like this isn't, this isn't just me like being all sparkles and rainbows um, and biased. <laughs> I have known people who, who are coming from other fields, other backgrounds who will come to an evaluation conference and be like, wow, you guys are real friendly. <laughs> so I'm getting, I'm getting independent confirmation here. We are a weirdly there friendly we group of people. 
I think we're just trying to fight the I'll stigma of that we're scary. <laughs> yes. I mean, we can be scary and friendly at the same time, maybe. I don't know. Like Casper. There, there we go. Yes. <laughs> How are evaluators like Casper? That's going to be in the show notes. <laughs> but uh, Actually, another surprise was how like episodes kind of like threaded or braided i think that was one of the words from last year mm-hmm. braided together like the topics what we were talking about different concepts that came up even the whole braiding concept came up multiple times like we did not plan any of that and there was just so much uh i don't know crossover or just uh congruence i think among the topics and their guests synchronicity synergy. sure that sounds good synergy yes uh, well synergy is a little bit overused but uh, universe resonating through sure. that. There we go. The or at least the evaluation corner of the universe was uh, a <laughs> was in alignment. So <laughs> yeah, so like that was that we didn't plan that at all. Just kind of, I mean, it could be you know a result of just like who we know and who we're talking to, but and maybe just what are some of the topics happening in in the evaluation space last year? But uh, yeah, there's a lot of kind of crossover of uh, of um, of ideas of concepts um, and just conversation topics that we had so it felt sometimes like maybe we're repeating ourselves but i think it was maybe just iterating on on different concepts different ideas like we talked about earlier about being human about uh the creativity piece so yeah it just kind of i've noticed i don't know how this happened but it did i've noticed and we could maybe even track the date on this i mean we always have a we always reference past episodes we've always you know since we've started having episodes we've referenced past episodes but i do notice that we really call back on those conversations that we had and i can just think of so many of them like when we were talking Mm -hmm. when i was talking talking before about like having things not be always so heavy i was like oh yeah like that episode we did with nikki about joy um right like there's it does it feels like um I walk with each of those episodes sometimes just in my heart. Um, even, and, mm-hmm. and not just like the, like last year, there was this sort of interesting arc that happened, but even just all the way back, I was thinking about the episode we did with Sarah around music, Sarah mm-hmm. Farina. And, right. uh, Cause she was talking about jazz and improv. And I've been thinking a lot about improv lately. And so I just, that's one of the cool things about it. not to get again, back to this whole meta thing on the podcast, but I do love um, the, the narrative that comes with it. And I think some of it's just the fact that it's you mm-hmm. and me together. Like the, we're a common thread, I think is where some of this synchronicity right. comes from. Um, and it's, it is this sort of iterative occasionally I'm every once in a while, I'm like, Oh, I feel like I've talked about this on a previous episode. Um, <laughs> I hope you're not bored. Um, there is that certain, but I, that, that to me is, again, it's that coffee shop thing. Like don't, when you, when you meet up with someone that you, you know, hang out with and get coffee with mm-hmm. regularly, you find yourself sometimes having the same kind of conversation again, but it's different because you're bringing different layers mm-hmm. to it. You might see different threads from it. Like there's so much to unpack in each of these topics. It's nice to go back to them and see new connections and see new patterns. And, um, exactly. I do. I think the, the river podcast... of coffee. <laughs> is it the river of coffee I, I step into is not the river of coffee I step out of. <laughs> oh, that I don't know if the coffee river thing is going to hold up as a as a reference <laughs> if, if you weren't at that very particular design lab session. No, um, <laughs> it's a very obscure reference now. Um, Deep cut. <laughs> this, but this this whole podcast format, the fact that we have this sort of archive of conversations. Um, that we get to hear twice. Like that's the nice thing about editing the episodes, even though I just complained about the production mm-hmm. side of it to edit the episode, to sit with it again, um, mm-hmm. to go sort of more deeply into it is also really, um, really valuable. And there's a couple of episodes that you edited that I haven't listened to again, that I, I have on my list. Cause I'm like, oh, I want to remember that I need to hear that conversation again, even though it's sometimes excruciating to hear my own voice. <laughs> Um, or not my voice, but that just like, true. you know, when you're like, why did you say that? That sounded dumb. Why did you say that? Everyone else sounds brilliant. Why <laughs> did you say that? The criticism is always of yourself. It's never of the other people. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, no, yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's just like, anyway, um, the point that I was <laughs> eventually trying to get around to that I've not managed to do it. So I'm just going to make an awkward thing is I love podcasting as a format. I see more and more people talk mm-hmm. about podcasting within the evaluation space. I think there are some more evaluation podcasts out there that I would like to look into um Mm -hmm. and and i i I want to see this kind of because it's such a creative um and accessible and conversational and sort of dialogue friendly format i want to see more people use it and i'm excited to i have this i kind of kind of segueing to our our final topic for the episode around our ambitions (laughs) for the new year 
Um, mm-hmm. This isn't, I'm not sending this out there as a plan or a thing because I can't force it, but I would love to have a project where I could bring podcasting in um, as a method within the project or as a, as a, as a mm. medium in the project. I'm not sure which it would count as exactly. Um, but right. using podcasting as a space to do some um, communication, some sense making, even some data collection. That would mm-hmm. be a cool thing. How about you? Any, any ambitions? Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start you yeah, at the podcast goal again, our goals um, or ambitions or intentions. But uh, one thing I would like to do, and it's kind of something, and it's funny that you started off our, uh, our episode today talking about how we should um, um, memorize our, our intro uh uh, shticks and all that. Um, I think I think the shtick is fine, but I think I I think I would like to have a chance, maybe um, whether it's on an episode or just kind of offline. Um, maybe I think on an episode would maybe what might be interesting um, to really think about. You know, like what does it mean for us to be doing a land acknowledgement and mm-hmm. um, kind of delve into that. And we talked actually a little bit about kind of the importance of place in our last episode, the AA one, because that was kind of one of the themes we kind of or one of the unofficial themes we saw at that conference talk about like, where are we and what does it mean to be in a space together and what does it mean to be in a different place than what we're normally in? So um, I think we're seeing, you know, sometimes, um, you know, some people questioning, you know, like, Oh, is this just like a road thing? Is it just something without meaning or just a, you know, a virtue signal or whatever you want to talk about it. And um, I think it's, it's, you know, maybe a chance for us to kind of go back and, what does it mean when I say that I'm on treaty six territory? What is like, what are we, what's the point of that? And also, or is that enough? Where can we, what can we do with that? What can we uh, do to be living more into reconciliation? Um, you know, not just stopping with the, the land acknowledgement and otherwise doing everything else status quo. So I think that's maybe something um, to just something I'm throwing out there maybe for us to, to, keep in the back of our mind, but maybe it's, it's with a guest or maybe it's just the two of us doing some, uh, uh, some reflecting and, and thinking and learning about it and, and seeing where that, where that takes us. Mm. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Yeah. I think particularly because our intro is scripted, you know, we end up saying it the same way every time and that becomes very, um, mm-hmm. I think it would be a really good idea to spend some time actually talking about, um, uh, and interrogating um, mm-hmm. ourselves um, on what um, the land acknowledgement means to us. And, and also just in our practices generally, and maybe there's, yeah, I think an episode that we can have where we go um, deeper into that. And I know it's something that um, both of us have think a lot about and, and in part because of that, um, I think, or at least I know one of the influences for me has been the the certificate in um evaluation for social change and transformational learning where we talk a lot about um, the, the different frames we bring to evaluation and thinking about evaluation from a decolonizing perspective, thinking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, white supremacist culture and how that shows up in our evaluation work. Um, and yeah, those are, that's a really important conversation for us to be having ongoing with ourselves. And I think as part of the podcast too, um, and that it's not mm-hmm. just something that is a token thing that we do at, at the start, but that actually it's a prompt for us to be conscious and attentive and reflective about what we're doing and, and how we're doing it and why. And uh, I'd love mm-hmm. to have more of those conversations as well in, in 2020. Um, I know we got to have a really cool conversation with um, Kelly Hannum at the end of uh, 2019, where we started to get into the, this question about like leadership and, and um, our roles as in evaluation as leaders and, and getting into advocacy. And then at, if, um, at AEA, there was a lot of conversation around um, evaluators as activists. And mm-hmm. uh, there was also one of the cool things I got to do in 2019 was be part of more conversations around um, equitable evaluation uh, work that's being right. led and supported um, by uh, Jared Dean Coffey, um, who fingers crossed we'll see on the podcast at some point. That is cool. Um, there's so there's so much um, there's so much happening in the evaluation field right now, where um, there's an openness around these conversations. Not just an openness, but also like a, a real sense of imperative to to have these conversations. That these are not um, off limits, or that they don't uh, reflect 
you know, poorly on our professionalism or anything like that. In fact, the, the opposite, mm-hmm. that it's, it's really truly our, 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 um, our job as evaluators to be asking about these kinds of things and to have these conversations. And I'm excited to have them as part of um, our podcast. That was something else when we did our sort of strategy conversation, you and I, we, yeah, it was, it the podcast should be fun, but we also talked, it's, you know, it's a platform for mm-hmm. the kinds of conversations that we want to be having and we want to be in. And, and those conversations include, um, you know, how can evaluation have, um, how can how can evaluation you know work in service of equity and and mm-hmm. justice and a better world? Um, so that's that's another ambition that I have for 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the kind of conversations we want to be part of, but also the kind of conversations we want to see across the whole field. I think. Um, so yeah, and actually one that fits well with maybe one more personal ambition that I have um, or intention actually. Um, and it's something that um, I'll post a link to a, um, a post that I wrote on my personal blog about this, but uh, I kind of chose the word intention to guide me uh, for this year. So both in terms of trying to do things more intentionally, but also mm-hmm. being clear about what are my intentions, what are my directions for the coming year. And one thing I'm starting with actually is a digital declutter. So I'm kind of cutting out optional technology for the next uh, uh, 30 days as of the recording this podcast. Um, by really trying to figure out what am I using in terms of different tools, different, you know, apps or social media platforms and all that. And, you know, how am I using it? It's, it's What does that say about my values or my goals? And then when I started reintroducing those technology pieces after 30 days away, can really kind of say, like, is this, you know, the best way to to keep connected with people across, across the country and the world with an evaluation? Is it best for me spending... X amount of time on Twitter or being subscribed to the eval talk listserv, or are there other ways that I can kind of keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening in evaluation and stay connected to diverse practitioners from around the world. So it's something that's, um, like I said, I'll include a link in the show notes um, about this, but I think it's a bit of ambition to really kind of question around, you know, yeah, what am I doing? How am I spending my time and not like in a counting the minutes and the seconds kind of piece, but like, where am I putting my in my attention, and can I do that more intentionally mm-hmm. um, to better reach, do the things I think are important? Oh, I think that's beautiful and so important, and a really, um, it's a really difficult part of the practice sometimes of of being able to having to make those judgments of like, yeah, where do I want to spend my energy? Because you don't have unlimited time and energy no. and money and attention, and yeah. Um, and so doing that in an in a intentional, reflective way sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I've actually, yeah, I'm even stepping away from, like, I deleted my podcast app from my phone, which is just like, wow. Like, you know, and it was, it was growing a little bit too big, too. It's like, oh, this person told me this podcast is cool. And it's like, subscribe to it, download one of the episodes and like never get around to listening <laughs> is, to is, it. So is it's just this like, person, is this person me? <laughs> I'm, I'm part of the problem, aren't I? <laughs> Well, I mean, well, with you, it's more books, I think. You know, oh, just that's having good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so actually, books are kind of taking the space of some of the random web surfing and uh, podcast listenings, too. So I'm actually might be able to catch up on some of my giant stack of books, which is like threatening to topple over and drown us all oh, in gosh, yes. a sea of, sea of paper. So. The mistake that I made last year was um, to buy books without thinking about buying bookshelves. And so now I have many, <laughs> many stacks of books. I'm like, oh, there's not actually a place for all of these to go. This is this is an issue. <laughs> Oops. And and I, well, I wish I could say that I was going to cut back, but I have like three books that just came in that I'm going to pick up on Tuesday. <laughs> I have no regrets. Wow. Yeah. They're all good books. They're all good books, Jim. <laughs> They're all good books. Oh... That's, I think, uh, yeah, so <laughs> that sounds like it strikes me as a, as a good place to end and, uh, a wrap up of 2019 and looking forward to 2020. We're going to have books. There's going to be a lot of books. Uh, <laughs> we'll try to be intentional about what we do, but no guarantees. We'll let, our, let ourselves be surprised. Anything else? And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll ask questions of ourselves and others. And we'll, we'll, t- we'll try to do it with some joy. They're, 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 that's an important thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the case. I think we had a lot of joy on this this podcast <laughs> on this episode right now. <laughs> and uh, to all our uh, listeners, uh, we love you, 
and mm-hmm. uh, no promises about how many episodes there will be or in what condition they will be. But we're gonna we're gonna keep <laughs> we're gonna keep trying. And maybe slightly dog-eared, or you know, just <laughs> but hopefully most mostly comprehensible. Hopefully mostly con- comprehensible with like a minimum of weird audio glitches. That would be mm-hmm. nice. All right. That's our intention. We we'll see if we can fulfill it. Yeah. Let's have a good 2020 together. Here's 2020. That's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Check out the rest of our episodes on Pinecast, iTunes, or Google Play or by going to our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at evalcafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for Poppers and Prosecco, our intro theme, and Dispersion Relation, our outro, as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. Great. We are now recording. Yeah. <laughs> I just like at some point I know that we're gonna say stuff that's gonna be in the in the blooper post. What's the name of the thing we do at the end of the show? Our outro? No, but after that when we have just like here's a thing we said that didn't make it into the episode. Yeah, the blooper reel. Okay. That's what it is. A little <laughs> Easter egg. Easter egg is is that's what I was looking for. A little Easter egg at the okay. end of the episode. <laughs>